0: And I'll name Perfect <laughs> Hello! Welcome to Tay2Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab,
1: and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Betty from
0: Folklore. And today, we are discussing the song Blank Space from 1989. Oot, oot, oot. (laughs) Blank Space is the second track on the 1989 album.
1: 1989 was released on October 27, 2014, and the song was co-written by Max Martin and Shellback.
0: Blank Space has been played live by Taylor 166 times, most of them being on her 1989 world tour. She has performed it at various awards shows. She has an acoustic version at the Grammy Museum, which you can all Google. It's on the YouTube. It's so good. So good. And she's performed it at Jingle Ball. The song dethroned Swift's previous single, Shake It Off, Shake It Off, from the top hot 100. That meant that Taylor Swift, the songtress herself, became the first ever female in the chart's history to succeed herself at number one. Super cool. Huge. Humongo. Yes.
1: Taylor explained the background to this song in an interview. Every few years, the media finds something they unanimously agree is annoying about me, she said. From 2012 to 2013, they thought I was dating too much because I dated two people in a year and a half. Oh, a serial dater. She only writes songs to get emotional revenge on guys. She's <laughs> a man hater. Don't let her near your boyfriend. <laughs> it was kind of excessive, and at first it was hurtful, but then I found a little bit of comedy in it. This character is so interesting, though. If you read these gossip sites, they describe how I'm so opposite of my actual life. I'm clingy, and I'm awful, and I throw fits, and there's drama... I'm an emotionally fragile, unpredictable mess. I painted a whole picture of this character. She lives in a mansion with marble floors. She wears Dolce & Gabbana around the house. She wears animal print unironically. (laughs) So I created this whole character, and I had fun doing it. Half the people got the joke. Half the people thought I was really owning the fact that I'm a psychopath. Either one's fine. It was number one for eight or nine weeks, so I have no complaints. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes, Tay. (laughs) I just love that Taylor took back the narrative with this song and showed us how self-aware she was about what the media says about her.
0: Mm, So good. Like, this song, so, 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 so good. So
1: good. So we have something very exciting for you guys this episode. Our first guest! Woo! Yeah, super excited. Uh, we would like to introduce you to Gina Darty, a writer, comedian, and cat mother living in New York City who also happens to be my best friend. <sighs> Gina, welcome to Day to Z!
2: Welcome, Gina! Yeah! Oh my gosh, you guys, this is the ultimate honor of my career, to be here in the inaugural guest... It sounded like you were going to be like, and our first guest is Taylor Swift, so I hope no one's disappointed, but um, I will try my best
1: to be as good as her. <laughs> yeah, we're going to work our way up to Taylor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Gina, tell us about your history as a Taylor Swift fan.
2: Oh, my gosh. How much time do you have? Um, no, so I looked it up um, because I have a very vivid memory of, like, listening to the radio And there was a song about Tim McGraw. And I was like, who's singing this? I'm like, this is so good. And so I'm like trying to, I have this huge desktop computer in our little, like, study in my house I used to spend hours on. And I'm Googling, like, who Tim McGraw? And I'm like, no, not the country singer. Like, someone's singing something about Tim McGraw. And... It was Taylor Swift, obviously, and that was 2006, I found out. So I was, um, 14, so I was a little baby, and, um, yeah, and then I just, like, was kind of hooked from there. I think, um, I really liked, you know, I did, I don't really have a big connection to Tim McGraw himself, but I loved how she always told, she always tells stories in her songs and is very emotional. And I think right from her self titled album, that was pretty clear. So ever since then, I've been on the bandwagon, being excited about the release days and all the drama. And I just love her, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, what's not to love, right? <laughs>
2: Gina, have you ever seen her live? Yes. Um, I had to remember. So my first was the Speak Now tour in high school. I went with a few of my friends. And then Red came out when I was in London studying abroad, which was a bummer because I would have loved to go to that tour, but I obsessively would like stay up so late just like listening to it over and over again um and then uh, 1989 gab and i went to the tour together i think this was mentioned in the past when Devin wasn't allowed to come to anything um and then we went to reputation together too because gab is my day one Sorry, Devin. (laughs) It was a good one. And I think I remember, Gab, when you said, like, in the beginning, maybe, like, the first intro episode of the podcast ever, that, like, we both kind of grew up on the same trajectory as her. Like, uh, she's a few years older than than me, but it's kind of like each album was, like, the same kind of place in life that I was at, which is what – because everyone's like, I don't know. It's like, why are you so obsessed with her? It's like, that's why. You know, (laughs) like, I think, like, for me, like – Story of us to me, I was like obsessed with because it like reminded me of like my high school heartbreak, and then red was my first big breakup, and I was like isolated in another country and just like so connected to it, and then 1989 was like my fun and crazy years, and her fun and crazy years that both went on for a very long time, kind of going into red <laughs> a little bit too. And then we're always like, now we're in lover phase because we're both in very beautiful grown-up relationships relationships and songs like Invisible String and King of My Heart, like those are so resonant now, you know? And so I think something about kind of growing up with her and the stories that she would tell, and she's so open about her life, you're like, yeah, this person's speaking my language, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It makes it so that you're immediately able to connect with her. So good. So, so good. Gina, we have you here today to discuss one of our mutually favorite songs, Blank Space. Yes. So we have to ask you, Gina, what are your thoughts on this song? Oh my God. I love
2: Blank Space. It's one of my
1: favorite Taylor Swift
2: songs ever. And so that's why I'm excited to be on this episode. Some things I, I would say about it. It's the perfect karaoke song. There is no better karaoke song than Blank Space um i well there's a few that like go up to it but honestly it's perfect um it's the ultimate bop and you know i love a bop i'm all about bops i basically only listen to bops and this is the ultimate one uh (laughs) and i'm a big 1989 fan i love 1989 it i love a lot like you know i would say red and 1989 are probably my favorite albums but of 1989 it was like such a successful moment for her of being like this big popular pop person all of a sudden you know and this was like the song that kind of um was the banner for that you know
1: yeah I totally agree I too love this song and uh everything about it It's definitely in my top 25 Taylor songs. I just love Taylor's self-awareness in it and her playing into the character that the media portrays her as. Uh, It also is just so fun to sing, like what you said about karaoke. Mm -hmm. Like there are just so many amazing one-liners. And I especially love Darling, I'm a Nightmare, dress Like a Daydream. <laughs> and I also love the little click wink right before I'll write your name. It's just like such a simple sound, but it's so unique and memorable. Oh, That's
0: so good. And it
1: just shows like why like Taylor is just so brilliant. Like she apparently made that by just like clicking a pen. Like Really? She's just, yeah, she's just a smart. She just was like, the best.
0: that's actually just a pen. Apparently. Wow, that's pretty cool. I really love this song too. Like with a fiery passion mm. it is unbelievably catchy like so so good it is interesting though to me that this was her second single you know shake it off was her first one and i was interested that this was her second one because it's a little bit more complex and dynamic than shake it off but i understand shake it off is like super poppy yeah more
1: commercial and more
0: commercial totally and i liken this song to her first single from reputation look what you made me do And they're both kind of like in the same vein of like, hey, media, I have a bone to pick with you, Mm, you know? Kind of, yeah. It's great. My favorite part about the whole thing is the shutdown of the media, you know, and how she will always get the last word. And even if it's not a boyfriend, even if it's not an ex or whatever, it's still somebody that has done her wrong. And she's going to write a song about it and make a ton of money off of it and get 2.6 billion views on YouTube from the music video. So I think she always wins.
2: I'm glad you guys like this song. When you guys posted like on your Instagram your tops, I was like, we could not be more different. <laughs> so I think I think that I'm glad that we all like come together like a Venn diagram on this song because I'm definitely more like I like more bops, you know. <laughs> and more old I like some of the old school too. You guys like the like chill, chill vibes, romance. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I really kind of like the ballads, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah true,
1: true, You do? Yeah. Is Dear John in your top what? 20?
0: No, no, Dear John <laughs> is not in my top 20. No
1: shade at Dear John. I mean,
0: great song, but no. Okay. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> you just made fun of Devin.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. So, Gina, do you relate to this song at all?
2: <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think that you know, it's funny to have Gab read that like paragraph that Taylor said about herself because I didn't know that. (laughs) And I was like, that I was being so smart coming up with um how she's playing a character and all this stuff. But turns out I was spot on because she was. Um but for me I I think part of what I like about the song is that I feel like it was her first time kind of like getting in there with public perception and everybody is saying she's so boy crazy she has a million boyfriends like she can't keep it together you know like and she's like okay (laughs) and she just puts on this persona of like somebody who would do that and she's able to make fun of herself and like reframe things and make a comment about it you know and i think on that level i kind of relate to that that's just my opinion in terms of, you know, women not being judged for being, you know, a serial dater or like, she just can't keep a relationship or whatever. And I think I relate to that, you know, as as I alluded to, I definitely had my crazy years, my fun years where, you know, I was, I was not even dating people. I was just meeting people, having fun, you know, and like, I think it's really easy to kind of like judge women for that and be like, ooh, yikes. Like you can't keep a man, you know, but it's sometimes that's people's choice. Like some, and something that I kind of got from the video too, which I'm sure we'll talk about is like, it takes two people to end a relationship. So I think it wasn't fair how much people were like, Taylor messes everything up <laughs> that she gets into, you know, cause it's, it takes two to tango. Like it wasn't probably always her, you know, and I think good for her for taking something that probably like, can be a little hurtful or whatever and like make it into this like fun awesome thing you know it's like the ultimate f you to anyone who is judging you or even exes too it's a good it's a good uh peace out to your (laughs) to all
1: your exes (laughs) yeah it's so good i totally relate to this song specifically the line Got a long list of ex-lovers, they'll tell you I'm insane. As any woman with a large personality can vouch, we're often used to be being called insane or crazy for simply having a personality or speaking our minds. And for any person that calls their ex crazy, I challenge you to ask yourself, what might have I done that might have made them feel that way? Hmm. And that connects with what you were saying before too, Gina, in terms of it takes two people to end a relationship. Mm-hmm. And usually if there's someone who maybe was crazy or felt a certain way by the end of the relationship, usually there's either gaslighting or lying or cheating, something that led up to that person feeling that way.
0: Absolutely. And it's
1: not usually that someone's just this like crazy woman who, you know, just... It's crazy. Yeah. I also love the line, so it's going to be forever or it's going to go down in flames. (laughs) You can tell me when it's over, if the high was worth the pain. This is going to sound like kind of conceited, but whatever. I felt like often in the past, it was easy for me to get guys to fall for me or like me, (laughs) but to get them to stay was like a total other story and to get them to not be like too much for them or something. So I often felt like things went down in flames that maybe would have been forever Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i can make the bad guys good for a weekend i think
2: that's what you're talking about is like being like you know you can take someone who's like hard to tame or whatever like cool or a player and like they like you for a weekend and then you're like all right time to drive away in your car from my mansion you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Devin, you have a different perspective on this song. How do you relate to this song?
0: Yeah, so I feel like I could have been this person in high school. You know, the person that is the one with all of the list of (laughs) ex-lovers and crushes and whatnot. So in high school, I had like a different version of how I saw dating, I suppose. Most people in high school and middle school and whatever, like if you like somebody... You like them, you tell them eventually, usually it's a lot of touch and go, Mm -hmm. but you tell them and then your boyfriend, girlfriend, like, and that's kind of it. And you go about your business and whatever. So I wanted to do like, I guess the more old fashioned kind of dating. So when I liked a girl or if I was interested in a girl, I would ask her to the movies and then usually friendly afterward. Yes, it was friendly. There was no S. (laughs) We don't really know why there was no S or apostrophe S we don't know if there wasn't enough money for that or they didn't have the electricity or something for it. (laughs) Who knows that friendly is since uh, disappeared since they got bankrupt. Yeah. Anyway. So I would invite them to the movies and then usually friendly. And then, you know, I sometimes wouldn't want to hang out with them again after that, based on our discussions and our likes and whatever. And so then they would think I wanted to be boyfriend, girlfriend with them. But I kind of didn't sometimes. It was very rare. And so then I would like have them be really mad at me. And then they would make all their friends mad at me. And then it would be just kind of like a thing. And then so, yeah, I had a long list of ex-crushes. Oh, my
2: God. What did, I have a question. What did they do at the movies that made you not want to date them anymore? Were they talking, loud chewers, <laughs> trying to hold your hand?
0: Um, Yeah, sometimes. You know that was the good thing about friendly was that we were able to you know have discussions afterwards and everything. But for instance, there was this one girl who we went to go and see Secondhand Lions with <laughs> that uh, that great movie with Haley Joel Osment and whoever else is in that movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't really remember, and I remember very much liking it. And so we had a discussion afterward about what the movie was and if we liked it or not. And this girl was like, "No, nah, I don't didn't really like it," and I was like, "Okay." You're right, great. And then I didn't ask her out. Again. Oh no! So yeah, that was kind of my high school dating experience in a nutshell.
1: Further proof of why we met at the right time, and we wouldn't have dated in high school.
0: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> I just learned so much more about you, Devin. I love it. Blank space bringing people together. Um, you guys. So I, because you're in your question that you sent it was kind of like what do you like about blank space and what do you not like and at first I was like I like everything about it (laughs) but then I was like let me look at this with a more critical eye and so I I forced myself to have a little criticism because you know we all grow you know we all can grow including Taylor Swift um you know more yeah we can't all be perfect but she's pretty close but Something that I I noticed, which I think you guys have, have mentioned about 1989 before, is that since it is such a pop album, it really plays into the repetitiveness. So that is something I noticed when listening to the song a few times to think about what I really thought about it. I think the lyrics, they're a little younger than kind of like what she is putting out now. You know, even her pop songs like On Lover and, and stuff like that and Betty are a little more intense or exciting or lyrical, you know? And I think this is, it does get a little bit repetitive. Like I even noticed that when doing karaoke, you're like, all right, chorus again, (laughs) you know, there's only so much acting you can do.
1: I would agree with that. And I think part of me thinks that the reason it is so popular is because it is so repetitive Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you look at a lot of Taylor's most, uh, Famous songs or her biggest hits, they are very repetitive, which I think just says something about pop music and what becomes hits, too.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: So we can't talk about this song and not discuss the masterpiece that is the music video. Ugh,
0: this music video. This song's music video was directed by Joseph Kahn, his first, with Taylor. After this video, they would collaborate many more times during both the 1989 era and the Reputation era, And they have done the videos of Bad Blood, Wildest Dreams, Out of the Woods, Look What You Made Me Do, Ready For It, Endgame, and Delicate. So basically, he's just the best director of all time. Yeah. I mean, all of these videos are just wild. They're so So good. good. So cinematic. It was filmed in September 2014 in Oheka Castle in Huntington, New York, with some of the interior scenes at Winfield Mansion in Glen Cove, New York. Woot, woot to New York. (laughs) It depicts Swift as an unhinged, lovelorn woman who lives alone in a giant mansion with her cat. <laughs> it co-stars male model Sean O'Pry as the singer's love interest. Love this music video so much. It is the most cinematic and also just hysterical. Mm-hmm. It is so funny, over-the-top, and... I mean, I love the whole um, immediate shift between, like, the lovey-dovey, you know, that they're in the first uh, verse, to the second verse, where, like, she sees him with the cell phone, and then (laughs) she's just like, I know you're texting somebody else, and I'm about to go psycho on (laughs) you for the rest of the song. It is so good. I love all of the different ways that she messes with him, especially the the part where she cuts up all of his clothes. It's so good. He's Mm -hmm. just standing there and then his pants just drop and he just kind of like walks away and you're like, like, huh, okay, he has no clothes anymore. It's so good. And then I also really love the part where um, she's at the tree where she's carved their names into the the tree and she's just like (laughs) smacking it. She's not even like really doing anything to it she's just like flailing on it it's so funny so good so good
1: <laughs> I'd say this is probably my favorite music video this is definitely my favorite music video of Taylor's and honestly like my favorite music video of all time pretty much I, I really think so it's just so brilliant and I love Everything about it from the gorgeous setting to the amazing freaking costumes to like how Taylor just comes completely and entirely unraveled with like the (laughs) mascara dripping down her face. Like it's so, so funny. I, like, very, very clearly remember seeing this music video for the first time and, like, loving it just so much and thinking, she went there. She did that. Like, I was just so excited and proud of Taylor that she, like, had created this persona and was, like, being like, F you, media. (laughs) And I just, like, couldn't stop laughing at her playing into the crazy character. It's just, like, so, so good.
0: It's so good.
1: What about you, Gina?
2: I love it. It's perfect. Uh... (laughs) I just i like right from the beginning we have the cat she's just holding it there. It's a beautiful image. is it the only is it the only music video with her cat in it?
1: Well, Benjamin button is in me, but technically he wasn't her cat yet. He became her cat after the video.
2: Oh uh, okay, yeah, so pre his ownership but uh, yeah, I love. I love the horses, the house, her outfits. And then she starts, like, talking to the camera. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so glamorous. She's playing this, like, caricature of herself. And I think something that I noticed, too, was with the guy, like, it makes sense that he's a male model. Because it's, like, he's just an accessory. Like, he's literally there in the background. And he's, like, hot. And he doesn't do anything. And his face doesn't really move. And, like, it's funny. Because she kind of is, like, taking control of this narrative that she's like a man eater and everyone around her is just kind of like there, like, you know, scenery in the background. Um, I also love the moment with the axe in the tree. It's just like the funniest Jeff ever and the car. And I think it's like her best acting. Like she's had a few acting cameos and like new girl movies, but the best acting is this music video when she loses
1: her mind and starts breaking
2: everything. I think she does a really good job.
1: I agree. I wanted to do a frame by frame of this music (laughs) video, uh, but Devin was like, that's going to be insane. So I decided to not, but instead I'm going to just share my favorite iconic moments from the music video. Oh, okay. Because there are many.
0: Indeed.
1: Uh, So here are some of them. The white horses in Taylor's bedroom, Taylor having painted portraits of all of her supposed ex-lovers with like slashes, X's and like weapons through them. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where they're walking the three Dobermans, it's just like such an intense scene. They so all look good. so attractive. <laughs> oh my
0: god, so good.
1: The strapless dress that she wears with like the 3D appliqué flowers on it, it's just like so beautiful. The Cherry Lips verse with the candy hearts where, like, she, like, puts the candy heart in her mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. (laughs) And then, like, the whole acting scene where they, like, mime along shouting the lyrics to, oh, my God, who is she? I get drunk on jealousy. I think that acting is just so spot on. So good. I think about that every time I hear that part of the song. I think about that scene in the music video. Oh,
0: it's so good. And
1: then Taylor on her bed with her cat Olivia just like stabbing (laughs) the cake and the cake's like bleeding. And then when she's in the leopard print outfit with like mascara running down her face while just like a deer stands by the (laughs) fireplace, which I never noticed until rewatching it this time. I'd never noticed the deer before. Wait,
0: you'd never, really? You'd never noticed it before? I
1: didn't think it was a real deer. I thought maybe it was like a statue or something. That's a real deer that moves. Yeah, he's like standing right next (laughs) to her. So insane. So funny. And then the scene when she drops the ex-lover's phone into the fountain. And she's like, oops. When she's then like hitting the car with the golf club. And then of course, like when she stands on the horse during the long note at the end. It's just like so epic. There are just so many iconic scenes. There's even more than this. Like, I just love it.
0: Oh, it, I, they're all just so freaking so amazing. So
1: freaking good. <laughs>
2: the part with the
1: phone, I noticed
2: a kind of what I was saying earlier of like, I think everyone is so quick to be like, Taylor's so crazy. And, like, she messes up every relationship that she's in. And, like, I think, you know, who knows what it's on the phone. We don't get to see it. But, like, I did kind of like the addition of that because it's like, oh, well, if he was texting somebody and is, like, cheating on her or whatever, like, that's kind of messed up, you know? So it's like you get that moment of, like, oh, maybe... She didn't just, like, lose her mind and this wasn't her, like, end game from the beginning to, like, murder him. And then she does go crazy because it's fun, it's a video, but, like, that one moment it's like, oh, okay, yeah, two people are in this relationship and, like, you know, he maybe did something that set her off. But I also love her outfit when she drops the phone in the fountain and she's like, bye bye, <laughs> and she's wearing like a red. Her outfits are so see I style-wise like nineteen nine and love her. You can't get better than that, I don't think. The folklore style needs some work. <laughs> I don't like
0: the plaid.
1: (laughs) That's okay. I also would agree that the 1989 era was my favorite era of style, personally.
0: Oh, yeah. The short hair, so good. So cute. And that's why we used it as the logo for Tay to Z. Yeah, because it's
1: just, like, instantly iconic.
0: Instantly. Yeah. Those glasses. So mm, good. So good. Yeah. And now we get on to our segment of
1: Gossip The hidden message in blank spaces, there once was a girl known by everyone and no one. I love this hidden message because it perfectly encapsulates what the song is about. Taylor is exposing the ridiculous way the media portrays how she conducts her romantic life and completely leaning into the crazy ex-girlfriend narrative. Everyone thinks they know her and everything about her life and love life when in reality, very few people truly do. So I just think that's just a really great... Line Like, known by everyone and no one. Yes, she gives us glimpses of herself and parts of herself in her songs that we do know. But everything else is hearsay from the media. And none of us truly know her personally. Yeah. So I think that's just a really great line to sum up this song. Absolutely. Gina, what's your favorite line in blank space?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I picked two, but they go together. So I think it counts. (laughs) But my two are... Um, it's, I can make the bad guys good for a weekend. And then later when she says, darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. They're, I realize that they're like the same spot. It's just so good. You know, it's funny. It's cheeky. It's, she looks at the camera both times and I'm like, wow, I love you. Um,
1: and honestly, they're true. Both are true. <laughs> what about you, Dev? What's your favorite line?
0: Okay. My favorite line is not actually a line. It is part of the line mm-hmm. it is the uh in the middle of the chorus okay so when she goes so it's gonna be forever or it's gonna go down in flames you can tell me when it's over uh <laughs> if the high was worth the pain i mean come on so good mm. that just uh you know in I forget what other episode we talked about it with the little things she adds in, like the uhs, and the hms and the and the wows, <laughs> those are sort of things. Those are kind of my favorite things. And I choreographed a quote-unquote hip-hop dance to this <laughs> song, and I used a move on the uh. Oh, nice. It was like a little hip swivel. Mm. It was, you know, mm-hmm. like a uh, you know, and everybody doesn't really recognize that in the song until I... Say it. Yeah. So, listeners, when you go back and listen to Blank Space again, you may hear the uh for the first time. It's very catchy. It is. What about you, Gap? What's your favorite line?
1: So, it's like kind of a couple lines because that's just what I do. (laughs) It is So, hey, let's be friends. I'm dying to see how this one ends. Grab your passport and my hand. I can make the bad guys good for the weekend. I just love it. I just love the whole. I'm dying to see how this one ends, like this one. It's just like very cheeky, very much like, oh, media, like see how this goes. I'm going to screw this relationship up. (laughs) I just think it's great. And then obviously the I'm going to, I can make the bad guys good for a weekend. It's just a great line. And, you know, so good, especially as any, you know, good girl knows, it's just a funny line to sing. It's enjoyable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I can relate to Taylor with that. Good Um, for karaoke.
0: Definitely great for karaoke. So good. So, Gina, on a scale of 1 to 10 x lovers what would you give this song?
2: Okay, so my initial answer right off, I was like, 10. But then I was like, you know, there's a lot of high contenders for my favorite ever Taylor Swift song. So I'm going to give this song 9 x lovers Because
1: it's nearly perfect in my eyes. (laughs) Devin, from 1 to 10 X Lovers, what do
0: you give this song? Okay, I am also going to give this song 9 X Lovers. Basically, great, great song. Love it so much. One of my favorites on the album. The music video is so, 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 so good. However, like all of my other previous rankings... I cannot in good faith put this as a 10 because all of my 10s are probably going to be my top 20 and this is not in my top 20. Mm. So a nine it is. Gab, how about you? How many X lovers on a scale of one to 10 would you give this song?
1: I give this song 10 X lovers. I'm doing it. I love this song. I will always be singing this song. It will play at our wedding. Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of this song. I love the music video. I think it's perfection. It gets 10. You know, we, Devin and I were talking about how I'm probably going to end up giving, like, a ton of songs 10s. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm still thinking with a critical lens. Absolutely. Still rating the songs. But, uh, yeah, this gets a 10 for me for sure. Woo-hoo. Gina, thank you so much for joining us oh for this episode. Thank you, Gina. Is there anything uh, else you'd like to share with our listeners before we have to go?
2: Wow. Um... I just want to thank all the listeners for welcoming me to the podcast today, and thanks for supporting Gab and Devin, because if you're wondering, are they really this awesome in real life, the answer is yes, and I love them both dearly, and I can't wait for the day that Taylor Swift listens to every episode, including this one. (laughs) Project Get Taylor to Our Wedding, underway.
0: Oh yeah, she's definitely coming. (laughs) For sure. Um,
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun
0: yeah oh my god so much fun thank
1: you gina thank you gina we love you (laughs) keep listening along with us uh be sure to check us out on instagram at tay to z podcast and give us all your thoughts do you also love this song are you also obsessed with this perfect music video? <laughs> Are there any blank space haters out there? Ooh. Did anyone not know K- Taylor was playing a character?
0: Ooh. Let us know all your
1: thoughts and be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any time, please throw us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts.
0: Yes, please next time we'll be covering both of us by B.O.B. Bob
1: come hang with us
0: I'm Devin and I'm Gab this has been Tate to Z see you
1: next time
2: and like I don't really think it's fair for women to be judged of being like oh I am dating a million people and like she's such a mess and it's like all her fault Why is our buzzer going? (laughs) Yikes. Guys, we have to edit again.